0: Hey
1: buddy, how you doing? And we are back with the host,
0: with the most.
1: Oh, fuck. You are so, f- you're right, most of full of shit. Yeah, but see, I'm better at that. Like the... the. I just said, hey buddy, how you doing?
0: No, but like when you when you try and come off like the... Oh, the radio guy?
1: Yeah, the, like, well like... Hey, welcome back. Yeah, it's like you,
0: you sound like Lord. the radio guy and I sound like the carnival barker. Where it's like you, it's kind of like yeah, you gotta do it. It's like, but me, it's like if I don't do it, I don't eat tonight, man. I'm like that. I'm like that lion coming up the mountain. You are a lion. Yeah. Only you're
1: starving. I'm a lion about the size of my. Heart. Hey bud, do you know what it's? It's time for another. uh oh, got it in early this time. Yeah, I'm gonna do it every episode. Okay. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I really regret ever naming the show that. Uh, well. I'd like to point out, well, oh, it's your fault. It is my fault. Mm-hmm. So, i uh, got a pretty cool topic we can talk about this week. Yeah, it's actually uh,
0: pretty much if if there's few subjects that we're going to cover that, for me, honestly, I could do it like in a podcast for several years just about that subject, and this would be one of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not just about the subject, but about the people... That are into the subject we're talking about pornography, <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, that would definitely be a video cast <laughs> <laughs> get it so speaking of <clears throat> video cast right. I, uh, I'm understanding that you uh you have a stream you have a you have a live stream out there is that is that correct for uh some of the games you play?
0: yeah, yeah, I stream on Twitch
1: okay uh, what's your uh, username on Twitch? Uh, litheran L-I-T-H-E-R-A-N. Ooh, shout out to litheran on Twitch. Don't Check ask him me out. what it means. Give him a follow, give him a subscribe. Well, you're at it, give me a search. Crash Override 938. That's C-R-A-S-H-O-V-E-R-I-D-E 938. I'm not really that good, but... Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. You, you can just
0: you could just say crash override with one r for the
1: well, I think that's how you spell override, isn't it? Just one r. No,
0: override would be with two r's. <sighs> I should really
1: get Grammarly. Not a sponsor. But, but it's cool because it makes you unique. Well, I mean I was okay spelling it that way. I just really thought it was spelled that way. <laughs> and uh it's definitely in a reference to a classic cult film. Last house on the left. No, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> hackers you know that it's one of Angelina Jolie's finest moments yes her and uh oh what's that motherfucker Matthew Lillard
0: well yeah him but I was gonna say the guy that plays crash override yeah or zero cool as he was also referred to uh, the actor he was also in that great movie with Val Kilmer mind hunters hmm. the one about the FBI agents that are on the island and they have to catch the, the killer Among them. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I love is the whole serial killer stuff. But sadly, that is not what we were doing tonight. Well, not sadly, but hopefully maybe next weekend I'll get you into that one. Uh, Serial killers? Yeah, serial killers. and it's a Dude, it's a heady subject. Another one you could do an entire podcast about and like a couple of dozen people do.
1: I was going to say, you know what's cool about that? We don't have to do a couple of dozen because there's people that do it. We could uh, figure out who those people are because I know you listen to them. We just drop a link, right there, in the bottom.
0: Yeah, but they wouldn't do it with our same kind of flavor.
1: That's all right, though. Um, like we
0: wouldn't. They don't ask the hard hitting questions like we would. Like hard hitting. What serial killers go commando?
1: Do you actually know that answer?
0: Uh, no, but I can guess. Uh, Charles Manson, although he never actually committed any of the murders himself, I imagine that while he was planning and orchestrating, he probably wasn't wearing underwear. Ooh, that's kind of a scuzzy individual. Uh, I would also say probably Richard Ramirez would uh, be free-balling.
1: Hmm. I've been watching, uh, trying to get caught back up on a little show called American Horror Story. Uh, yeah. The 1985, I believe it is, or 1984. I think it's
0: 1984,
1: um, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it. Season 9 is what it is to me. But uh, it's the new one's coming out. Nobody knows what it is yet. They haven't released it. There's some theories. Yeah, it's the sirens or mermaids or something. That's the theory. Um,
0: some guy said dentists. I don't know the the last. I don't even remember what the last season I watched was. I think it was the Coven one. Mm-hmm. I just remember that the last season that I didn't watch would have been uh
1: probably probably cult.
0: Yes, the cult one, the political one. Yeah, and
1: I you know I did watch that one, and it it did turn me off a little bit. Uh, but I, I went past that because the next season. The, and I can't remember what it was called.
0: Was it the one where was the couple in the house?
1: No, that's the first season. Um, no, no,
0: no the 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 black the black guy and the white girl, and they're in a house in like Georgia or something, and it's it's part like real and it's part reality show.
1: Oh yeah, I know which one showed. Well, I can't I'm remember just, if that uh, one was before or after cult though. You know, I can't remember. Hold on, we're gonna we're just gonna find out right now. Um which my favorite season would probably be the uh the carnival season, honestly. You know, and that was good. That was good. But there was one season that I, I really liked. Um no, Hotel was good. I mean, don't get me wrong, Hotel was good. Asylum. No, it's the make, season make that ties it's the season that ties all of the, the earlier seasons yeah, I didn't together. Watch that. Um, that was, was after really good. That
0: was after Cult, I believe. It was,
1: and I had to go back and watch it because I was honestly disappointed in the show. Which Coven With was Cult. a really good season too, right? And and this this episode ties in Coven, the first season, Asylum, and it goes into all these different aspects of what happened and why why it happened. So mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, I do like season nine, nineteen eighty four, I believe it is. Because it's like Camp Crystal Lake, Friday the 13th-esque, 80s serial killer. And they actually have a guy that sort of is portraying Richard Ramirez, but not per se. Oh, it's really? not they his have, name they, in it.
0: They have like a Night Stalker-esque type mm, yeah, character.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he's linked into to one of the girls from the camp. And it's this whole side story. And is it's, he like a total misogynist? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, he actually believes he's possessed by the devil, and then it shows him with all these powers in the show. Oh, he actually has powers? Not necessarily powers per se, but like... Influence? He can definitely influence, or he can... um Like, he called to the devil in one episode. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Well, he was in jail, and supposedly a devil or a demon came and possessed one of the guards and walked him right out of the prison. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it really has the whole jason Voorhees' murderers camp you know they got mr jingles the the serial killer who was the jason Voorhees but wasn't the killer type deal oh it's definitely an interesting season Um, about three quarters of the way through it i'm trying to finish it off so i can start the new one when it comes out but we'll see how it goes um so far i've been happy with 90% ninety percent of their seasons. Uh it's really been a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, like I
0: said, they just turned me off.
1: Well the whole the whole political one was that was god awful. I mean that was a terrible, terrible season. But
0: on a brighter note,
1: or a darker note
0: going back to the first season, what was the first season about Zach? Mm. I believe it was ghosts. Ghost. Interesting, because I believe that's what our episode is about tonight. Specifically, people Ooh, who ghosts.
1: Sorry. Stop not throw that in have there. Have you ever
0: been in bed with your wife and you get a heart on? You just like turn over and let it pop up the sheet and do that? No. You're going to now.
1: <laughs> Probably going to give it a shot. Not going to lie. She's that's gonna, for you,
0: Eric. She's going to wonder why there's a midget ghost in the bed. <laughs>
1: You know what, buddy? Your invitation's slowly getting smaller. <laughs> hey,
0: <laughs> we've both been outside next to each other when we both had to pee and it was cold. I'm just saying.
1: It was super cold. I'm just saying. It wasn't that cold. Listen, I'm living my best life. Also for you, Eric. Drink another bush. Ooh.
0: Uh, but yeah, tonight we're actually going to be talking about
1: Ghost Chasers. Uh, also known as? Ghost Hunters. Also known as, uh, I don't, I don't remember all the names of the shows. I wasn't talking about shows, just what these oh. guys—paranormal experts. Uh, so you got ghost hunters, paranormal experts, busters of ghost, ghost. chase, <laughs> getting around the trademark. <laughs> let's let's say, let's say per se, uh, there was a podcast they listened to mm-hmm. by a little known guy named Mike Rowe. You you might have heard of him. Yes, Mike is one of my favorite people. So he's got a podcast Mm -hmm. called The Way I Heard It. He has an episode on there um, in the 150s, 160s area where he talks about My Brother's Keeper. And if you've ever listened to his podcast, he kind of goes in a roundabout way of telling this story to get to the end point, right? Mm -hmm. And it's about—he talks about The Exorcist and how uh, Reagan was possessed by a demon and— you know, it took a, a, uh, priest, you know, to relieve that demon. And, and in the whole movie, you know, the, at the, at the very end, the priest has to take the demon and he ends up jumping out the window to kill himself, to save Mm -hmm. the daughter or the, the young girl. Right. Yeah. Well, in his story, he's tying it to that because there's a guy named Danny and his brother is struggling with possession. And it is very interesting. You listen to this whole story and you know, he's trying to take this, this text, this doctrine, uh, Danny's an ordained minister and he's trying to rewrite this text. Cause he's not a priest. He can't perform the exorcism like he thinks he should, right? He doesn't really know how to do it. So he's going to write, he's going to rewrite the text mm-hmm. to help his brother. Um, and it comes out that his brothers has died. Uh, he's not quite finished with the text and it turns out that this little-known text was uh, a, a role written for one specific individual to play the the eccentric, off-the-cuff exorcist or not, yeah, exorcist uh, named Peter Venkman. Huh? You following me yet? So wait, this
0: guy wrote the Ghostbuster script? Trademark.
1: Yeah, this guy wrote the Ghostbuster script originally for this person, this guy named Danny. And he thought this role of Peter Venkman was perfect. For Dan Aykroyd. No. Oh. Dan Aykroyd wrote it. Oh. John Belushi. And he had succumbed to his demons, heroin and cocaine.
0: Oh, yeah. I do remember that the story behind it where it was written for John Belushi and then he died and they brought Bill Murray in.
1: Correct. I just thought it was really interesting um, because Dan Aykroyd is an ordained minister. Dan Aykroyd is a huge believer in paranormal, in spaceships and aliens. and mm-hmm. I just really find him very interesting. I would Isn't. love it.
0: I would love to see him and uh, Jim Belushi together, right, right. Because you mix Dan Aykroyd's brain mm-hmm. with Jim Belushi's weed.
1: <laughs> you know, um, there could be a possibility that's happened.
0: Well, we don't know, dude. They they <laughs> did the Blues Brothers revival shit together, so you know at some point they must have spliffed up.
1: Ooh. Probably, just saying. Probably, but yeah, uh, and and not to take away from Micro because that guy is fantastic, and I love his podcast. Full credit to Micro. That was a story he wrote. He does it in a much better uh, tone. It's actually one of my favorite episodes. So, so wait, far. he
0: wrote a story about the real life events, right?
1: So, well, basically, what Micro does is he, you know, he was watching. Um, what did he say? Was it like final days or something, or no, it was so the the episode was called "My Brother's Keeper," and he was mm-hmm. just basically talking about a story, and he's going through the story, and the way he portrays these these events, um you know he has an episode where he kind of explains how the high five became a high five, how mm-hmm. it was invented right and the way he explains the story originally is you have a baker that is heading for home. And he comes across a, uh out-of-the-closet homosexual. And it seems like it's going to be a fight between the two. And you come to find out it's two professional baseball players. Um, I won't go into too much detail on it because, again, I don't want to take credit from him. But he writes the stories in a way that you don't know really what it is until you get to the very end of the episode. And they're only about 10 to 15 minutes long. They're short, short stories that he writes to basically explain that's the way he heard it. And that's also the name of his podcast, The Way I Heard It by Mike Rowe.
0: So it's not necess- necessarily always the factual truth. It's just like a story that's been passed down to him or something well, he's heard. He,
1: he takes the factual truth and he spins it in a way to hide the true identity of the story until you get to the very end so there's it's a it's a twist so so
0: for some people it might have been something they'd heard but they've heard the glamorized version or he
1: he will typically do the research to find out the facts Mm -hmm. behind it Um, like he tells one episode I believe he calls it the shootout or something like that or the western and he's talking about how this Indian shows up and starts dancing and whooping and hollering and then a cop shows up and there's a cowboy and there's a guy you know he's got him in the scope and it turns out it's a famous photographer shooting the village people mm-hmm. uh and it was the last photo shoot he had before he died oh. like he just kind of takes these stories and twists them in a way that he can explain them without actually just coming right out and telling you until you get to the very end it's it's interesting uh it's it's Based on the, I believe it's Paul Harvey, uh, radio show. Uh, now you know the rest of the story. Trademark. Hmm. So it's it's just kind of an interesting podcast that I listen to. Uh, he writes, like I said, he he comes up with an idea, for or uh, an event, canon, if you will. That's I think what he calls them, or it's kind of like the SCP laboratory. Is that what you called it? Oh the SCP universe. Right. It's kind of like that. So he takes it's not but nothing's nothing's fictitious about it. You know, he tells the story like I said, the baker was running for home, right? Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a baker. Baker was his last name. Okay? And he's running for home plate. Right. So he twists it and just kind of makes the story a story cuz he doesn't come out and just say, "Okay, this I can't think of the guy's name, Derek Baker will say, but him and another guy uh came together and just high-fived on accident. I mean, that's the whole point of the story. These two guys high-fived on accident, and that was it, right? That's the high-five. But he extends it out to make it actually kind of a story to where you're like, oh, what happened? Who is this? What is this? Uh, he talks about the war in Vietnam. He ta- I mean, there's a ton of stories that he goes over, but they're not stories. They're facts. It's just how that fact came to be. Mm-hmm. Right, total sidebar here, but I wanted to give him a plug because it's just a phenomenal podcast, and mm-hmm. I think Mike Rowe is one of the smartest guys that really we have in today's society.
0: I'm mm-hmm. just saying. I, I haven't, I haven't listened to the podcast, so well, I don't have anything to add.
1: I, I get that, but I'm saying, but you like Mike Rowe? You think he's a smart guy?
0: I would much rather be doing a podcast <laughs> with Mike Rowe. <laughs>
1: well, I, I think a lot of people would.
0: Not just because I could get his grant.
1: I just, I think his views on work, on the country, on the way things are going, I just think he's really smart.
0: He's got a white-collar brain and a blue-collar body.
1: Right. I mean, he, you know, Dirty Jobs is one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy actually, and and there's actually a, a reunion show coming out. It's not a reunion show per se, but... They did a couple of episodes with all the guys from the original show. They went out and visited some of their favorite people from the show mm. just to see how they were doing and holding up during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that coming out. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Rowe. Dude's awesome. Put it back in your pants. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. We just don't know.
0: So uh, you know who uh, who else was famous another around the time that uh, Mike Rowe's show Dirty Jobs was?
1: What's that, bud? ghost hunters now is that a show yeah ghost hunters oh ran for according to you 12 seasons it was 12 seasons imdb says 13 slash question mark because they had a couple of halloween specials and some you know and and
0: their halloween specials were live Mm -hmm. uh well yeah they say yeah, yeah they say they were live but who knows uh but was always you know cool to, you know, even if it wasn't like necessarily the main point of my night. Mm-hmm. It's cool to put that kind of stuff on the background. Oh, for sure. Now for that sure. now that it's off the air, I still think it'd be cool if they did they did just like a live Halloween show once a year, but people go their separate ways, but
1: yeah. So uh, what was the Can you explain the whole point of that show, to me?
0: Well, I, and I don't even remember the name of the two main guys, but they ran uh I believe, believe it was a plumbing business.
1: Okay. Just like a normal plumbing business?
0: Yeah, just, uh, I believe it was kind of like retrofits and uh, just repair and service stuff. I don't I don't know anything really more than that, but I think that, that was their day jobs. And they did that to supplement what was their passion, which was ghost hunting, which was going around places. And I believe they're from, like, New England.
1: Okay. Uh, we've got Jason Haas, mm-hmm. I believe is his name. And Steve, I'm not even going to try and say his last name because... Pff- why can I not pronounce that?
0: Yeah. Uh, but their show was it's probably the most uh, prodigious of all of these shows. I mean, it lasted the longest. Uh, it was kind of a big part of uh, Sci-Fi Channel's lineup.
1: 270 episodes. Right. 270 over their career from 2004 to 2016. Which,
0: granted, some of those shows, they went back to the same place twice. Right. But that's still that's a lot. Which of I'm guessing covering.
1: they I'm guessing guessing they went back to these places like maybe they had evidence the first time, and they wanted to go back and see if they could get it again.
0: And there's just places that people just love uh, hearing ghost stuff about, which would be like the Queen Mary. Uh huh.
1: That's the uh, hotel in uh, Long Beach, I believe, California.
0: Well, it's the ship. The ship, right? Yeah, the, but it's a hotel now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's docked permanently and right. Or the Winchester House, the Winchester Mystery House.
1: Man, I'm going to tell you, I walked through that. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of like Alcatraz, another place I think they Ghost Hunters did a show on. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. It is really cool to kind of see the the history behind some of that stuff. I haven't done the Queen Mary yet, but I do intend to. Uh, but Alcatraz, really cool to see it. Um, it was interesting to find out a lot of the history about that place knowing mm-hmm. them, you know, behind it wasn't just a prison. Uh oh. it was also a military base, military fort. Right, right. Um, and also uh the the Native Americans actually took it over for a brief stint as well.
0: Yeah. Did you um, uh did you have a chance to talk to any of the tour guides while you were there?
1: I did. A couple did of them are uh they I think they have one tour guide that's an ex inmate. Um maybe a couple couple more. Uh they have some ex guards I think it's getting fewer and far between, uh, but it's obviously it's a national park now, yeah. you know, so it's it's recognized and maintained kind of like a national park. But the problem I had with it was it felt like every corner you went around, there was a gift shop. Really? Yeah. You buy these tickets and they're they're fairly expensive. I if I remember right, they were like sixty to eighty dollars right in there per person. Mm-hmm. Um, you take the boat right over, and it's just a plethora of people. On each ship, so mm. you can you get your specific time that you go, uh, and you stand in line, just like you would at any amusement park, and then it's your time. So they get you on the boat, and you go over, and the boat comes back and forth every fifteen minutes. So when you're finally done doing the tour, you go back and you wait for the boat, and you come back on your own time, right? Mm. Um, but it, it it was so commercialized. Yeah. I mean, it was just so commercialized, and that that to me took away a lot of the experience. The charm of it? Yeah. Uh, He got put into one of the solitary confinement cells there, Mm -hmm. and they shut the door, and I will say that was probably the most real experience that you can have in that whole place, because man, it is just pitch black. There's like one little kind of peephole, sight glass, if you will, whatever. I I mean, it's just almost no light, Mm -hmm. and it is Just deafening quiet. Right. But they put you in there with 12 other people. Oh, that's lame. So I like that. Um, We took my daughter and and my wife and I, we went to the Winchester Mansion in Santa... Where the hell is... Oh, San Jose. It's in San Jose, California. Mm -hmm. Again, the house is, is just... Beautiful for what it is. I mean, this is an outstanding piece of architecture for the time. Right. It's there's like four elevators in the house. You it's know, if Jackson Pollock was an architect. 40 some odd rooms, 19 bathrooms. I think there's like some crazy amount of fireplaces. Like, there's a whole hall for just fireplaces.
0: Right, right. Well, back to Alcatraz for just one second. Go ahead. You said you talked to the tour guides. Mm-hmm. Did they ever tell you about Machine Gun Kelly? Oh, yeah. They did? Did you did they tell you that a uh, machine gun Kelly had what we in the prison system call a bitch? No. In one night, machine gun Kelly and his cohorts. <laughs> Keep going. Pissed in the bitches ocular cavities. That's a shout out to the late great Phil Hartman in the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer. Have you never seen that movie?
1: Yeah, with uh Mike Myers.
0: Yeah, him and his buddy. Take the tour, mm-hmm. and Phil Hartman is telling the story. He's the tour guide, yeah, I yeah. love that shit.
1: I can't remember the the song, but I remember he was like doing the whole snapping thing. Oh, the whole like woman, poetry, yeah. man,
0: yeah, the yeah. Uh, the whole the beat beatnik, yeah, slam poetry shit yeah. or whatever.
1: Um, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, we brought back you know some souvenirs for the kids and stuff because they didn't go on that trip with us. But
0: yeah, I went to the Winchester Mystery House when I was when I was like thirteen. It's,
1: and and again it was so commercialized uh it just
0: it wasn't that commercialized when i was there I'm at sure. the winchester house when sure. i was at the winchester house there was probably the tour was only about 8 of us okay so it was they, like there, midday. Was probably,
1: there was probably 25 of us on the tour mm-hmm. and you come in and it's i mean you walk in and it's this whole kind of park type experience with the garden and you know, you go through and you have your tour guide and they're all kind of dressed in the, the period clothing and they have different names, like people that would have been there. Uh, and, they, and they do a good job of kind of acting the role and telling you the stories. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is closed off to the public, which for good reason. I mean, yeah. people just trash stuff. We've seen it all all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody will see something, ooh, it's broken, I better break it the rest of the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, and... I can, I can understand that at both places because I know that Alcatraz, for one, because of the fact that it's uh, its location in the bay there with the salt water. Right. Uh, it's like they have to do constant upkeep on it to keep everything from just falling apart. And also the Winchester Mystery House, uh, because of the fact that it was going on for so long, eventually guys that were doing construction there started to cut corners, from what I understand. yeah. Uh, which, luckily, knock on wood, uh, that was for at the point where she was not putting on any like additional structures. She was just basically building the kind of stuff that's just like a doorway into a brick wall. Or well, let's.
1: So it's an interesting fact. That is one thing I did like about the tour is you kind of got the paranormal story, mm-hmm. and then they also had the what you might call might have been this reason story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stairs to nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. That's a a thing there. Doors to nowhere, brick wall, etc. She had the house changed so many times that they didn't necessarily take things out. So like a stairwell to nowhere was because a portion of the house had been removed and the stairway was just left. Um, They've got the weird stairs, right? The Mm -hmm. real shallow stairs. And they said that was to help spirits. Well, it was was confused spirits. Oh, that's right. That's right. But what it was, so they say, as she got older in life, Mm -hmm. she couldn't get up regular stairs. So she had stairs built that were much shallower, and it took more sets of stairs and turns to make them shallower and still get you the same height. Mm -hmm. Right? So she could still get up and down the stairs. And eventually it got to a point where she couldn't even go upstairs uh, she just lived on the basically the first floor of the house. Hmm. Uh, there's a room, you know. They called it the séance room, and you walk in there, and you, you get the they got the speakers playing the ominous sound, and you're you're kind of like woo and then she kind of goes into the story of it, and then turns out that there was really never any séances performed in that room, according to records. It was all I mean, a lot of the stuff they say. Was just rumor. Mm -hmm. But then again, was it true? You know, the people that were alive would probably be the only ones that could tell us that. And most of them have passed on. Right. But it is a really... They've done a really good job of maintaining. It's, It's weird. What got me is where it's located. You know, you... You kind of expect this house to be kind Back east. Out, out. Well, no, you just kind of expect it to be out in the middle of this orchard where it's you know what it originally was. Mm-hmm. But all the land around it has been sold off and commercialized. Right. So you show up and it's this it's this huge house right in the middle of this town. I mean, y- you go out and look out one corner and you might see an In and Out Burger. Or you might see the mall around the corner. It's just weird. To see yes. this house there that's ancient per se and right in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there was a movie based on it called yeah, Winchester. I, I didn't bother to watch it. It was actually good. And, and again, we're going to disagree. We're going to agree to disagree because you're not going to like a lot of the movies I watch. And I like most of the movies you watch, but I also mm-hmm. like the movies I watch, too.
0: Well, I just think you can tell that story and have it be... Like dark, ominous, and spooky, without ever showing a ghost, and and you probably could. Uh, I mean, I like both of the actors that were in it, Uh Uh, Helen Mirren and uh, I think it's Jason Clark. I like both of them. It just it seemed like too much of a like a jump scare movie for me.
1: And that's that's basically what it was was a jump scare movie. Yeah, right. Um, Ghost hunters. Let's go. Let's go full circle back here real quick. So. These guys basically had places that they went and checked out, right, that were abandoned or have been bought, and the owners wanted them to check it out. Bed and breakfasts, personal homes, you know, a house that's, you know, might have been owned during slave times. Yeah, Um,
0: some of of it's unexplained phenomenon is supposedly happening around, and some of it, obviously, is going to be people who are just, you know, they want someone... Maybe they maybe they want to have the next haunted attraction. Right. And they know about those guys on that channel that come out and do this stuff, so why not give them a call?
1: So there was another show. Um, it was called Ghost Adventures.
0: Yeah. Ghost Adventures. Was,
1: uh, Ghost the Adventures. The guy's name was
0: Zach Baggins. Mm-hmm. And there was another one, like Destination Unknown or something.
1: Yeah, there's Destination Unknown. There was... Which I think that one was... Save yeah. My House. There, I mean, there was dozens of these shows, right? Yeah. It which, was kind of a big deal for for a while. It seemed like there was just a run on these shows the fir- on every channel.
0: Now, the first type of show like this, mm-hmm. where it was people going to haunted, like, attractions, haunted places that I watched, was The Great MTV Fear, I believe. I can't remember if it came out first in 1996 or, like, 1998. Right. Uh, ran for a few seasons... And this isn't to be mistaken with Fear Factor. This was Fear,
1: Fear Factor, hosted by
0: Joe Rogan. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Yeah, uh, but it was you'd have like four people would come on. They would all have like Blair Witch style like cameras, like body
1: cams, and yeah, body cams, and they have like they have a little such. handy
0: cam to wear. Uh, and it would be like four of them. They would go to like a haunted penitentiary, uh, and during the day they would have to sleep. But at night they would have tasks they would have to go complete, and if they made it through like all three tasks, I believe it was, they would each get five thousand dollars. And if you back out, you get nothing. Which, granted, they're they're making an appearance on TV; they're going to get paid regardless, despite what the show said. But they're not getting that five thousand dollar grand prize. Uh, and I loved that show back in the day. And that that I mean it. It didn't scare me, but it did. It wasn't like I I didn't think that they were actually going through anything real, but it uh, I don't know I would just I would imagine myself in those situations if I wasn't part of like a film crew or had like four people with me, if, if I was just in a haunted place in the middle of the night, I'm like you know what was I like so I would have been like thirteen or fourteen at the time, and as someone who had like a paranormal experience when I was younger, okay that shit was. I don't know. It's just you know. It's the fear of the unknown. It's like someone tells you there's a guy in a white panel panel van that says free candy. You know, you know what you're dealing with. It's going to be like a you know pervert grown male that's going to try and touch your dandelion. That's less scary than hey, there's a sound coming from that room. Why don't you go check it out? Well, let's let's that. talk
1: about this experience you had. Okay. Do do you? I mean, do you feel comfortable talking about it?
0: Yeah. It's not like a it's not like a traumatic event or anything. Uh. I. Age-wise, I want to say I would have been either f- four or five-ish. Okay. Uh, and I was uh, – so we had, like, a little split-level home. And the, the split-level was our living room and one bathroom. I had uh, – fell asleep on the couch in the living room. And uh, – I don't remember what I was watching. It was probably something on HBO, or uh, might have even been trying to—I don't know—see something on one of the restricted channels. Because sometimes you could like make stuff out. Wasn't trying to see boobs or anything on Skinemax, but you know, liar. I was five. I might have been trying to see something. No, know.
1: you were totally trying.
0: Uh, but I went to go into the kitchen. I believe. Granted, this is like over thirty years ago now. I went to the kitchen, I believe, to get a drink, because what I used to do when I was a kid is I would get up in like the middle of the night and I would go get a glass of milk and I would chug it before going back to bed. Well, as I come up the split-level stairs, I'm passing the laundry room on my right, uh, or no, laundry room on my left and the boys' bedroom on my right. Right as I'm getting into the end of the hallway and I'm just about to enter into the kitchen, I see what looks like a red, scaly arm reach around on the my right side around the wall. And it doesn't even reach around the wall like it's not coming towards me. It just reaches across the expanse in front of me, almost like it's grasping at something and then pulls
1: back. So it's not grasping at you, no, per se. It's, it's, it's just kind of grasping yeah, at nothing. But right. like maybe it sees something. Yeah. But the only thing you saw was the arm. Yeah, and it wasn't like a spectral arm.
0: I couldn't see through it. And it definitely looked like it was attached to something, like it was atta- Like the arm continued past the edge of the wall where I could see. Uh, it reached through and pulled back. And uh, about a minute and a half later, when I could move my legs again, I continued walking into the kitchen.
1: Towards, towards the arm. Per
0: se. Uh, Well, at, at this point, I was basically just going to be rushing to my mom. Okay. Because I was like locked in what do I do? Like, uh, I, I, w- I didn't feel comfortable going to my brother's. It was because even though it was like, I just remember it being a shorter distance to my brother's than it was to my mom. But I was fairly certain that if there was a demon in there, I would rather my mom try and kick its ass than my brother's understandable because my mom's no joke also uh undeniable yeah she's mom bear. uh and i i like hurried through the kitchen and we're the kind of family where we would always turn the uh the light for the uh for the range on Mm -hmm. so there would always be that light above the oven so the the kitchen was lit well enough that i could get through it and my mom's room was basically, like, immediately past the kitchen and to the left around the island.
1: Now, this arm was in the kitchen, correct?
0: Yes. So you had to basically run towards the arm. Well, at this point, there's no arm. This is a minute and well, you're after.
1: running. you're running towards the area where the arm
0: was at. Well, I, did, I didn't run. I was rushing. Okay. So there's a slight difference. Like, I was basically doing, like, speed walking. Like, have you ever seen someone speed were walk?
1: shuffling your feet, just
0: And that's what I'm saying, is the the light on the range was there, so I was able to, once I got to that corner and look around, I could see that there was nothing in the kitchen. And then I booked it to my mom's bed and jumped inside of it. So, when you looked into that room and saw this arm... Well, I didn't didn't look in the room, I was just looking down the hallway. Oh, okay. And I saw it, so I couldn't
1: see... Even with the light on?
0: Yeah, but the light is on, so... The hallway is off to the left side of the kitchen. gotcha, where it enters in. okay. And then once you get into the kitchen, you have the fridge on your right, and then the range is about six feet to the right of that. Okay. So the range wouldn't doesn't light up anything on the left side so much. I gotcha.
1: Okay. So it was kind of a, a blind spot or a dark spot right Where you saw the the being, the arm, the the mythical paranormal whatever you want to call it you're not gonna put so much flavor on it the probably
0: apparition hallucination i mean i don't i don't even remember what i was watching this night i could have been watching a horror movie late at night when i wasn't supposed to and it could have freaked me out but i can distinctly distinctly now i have never had a i mean not to out myself but as someone who has like the hardest thing i've ever done is weed I have never had a hallucination when drinking. I have never had a hallucination on weed. I have never had a. Well, halluc- you were five, so I
1: would hope you weren't mm-hmm. doing drugs.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, is like to this day, I can distinctly remember what this arm looked like. I can distinctly r- remember seeing it, because sometimes you'll have, you know, you'll like talk to someone about something, and over the years, you'll s- you'll like talk about something differently. But when you th- really think about it, it's like. No, I actually remember that happening in a completely different way. This person has just convinced me over time that I need to tell this story about it. But, so that's why I, when I talk about it being a paranormal experience, when I say paranormal, it's not even necessarily a ghost sighting or a demon or something. But for some reason, when I was five years old, my brain was able to create something
1: that wasn't there. Or or I, could have been. Or I saw something. Right. I haven't per se had any paranormal experience activity. I get feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you ask my family, there's a ghost that lives in our house. In this house. Mm -hmm. So my wife, interesting story. My wife grew up in this house Mm -hmm. and she'll tell you that her and her brothers always saw this ghost. It's a little boy that lives in our house. I've never seen it, but I've always got these weird feelings, uh, Here and there And I've gotten kind of over them When I first lived here It was One of the I didn't really like Being in the basement alone But I think that was more Of a mental thing Mm -hmm. Based on what they had told me
0: From home alone right?
1: Per se I guess But It just was one of those things That I never You know I've never seen a ghost I've never really been In a situation That uh, Would lead me to think ghosts are real or not real
0: uh so you don't have the shinning then
1: i don't have the shinning boy but you want to get sued nicely done thank you shout out to matt Groening. Yeah. <laughs> get a lot of shout outs this episode right um but back to so this this spirit if you will that lives in this house uh, and it's not just here i mean i get f- weird kind of feelings In other places. Uh, One particular place, we just went to the Pioneer Cemetery, which is located in Idaho City, Idaho. Right, I've been there. Which is an old mining town that is still a a running town. Uh, This town's been here for a long time. used to be the capital of Idaho prior to Boise. Uh, They did a lot of gold mining up there, silver mining, uh, some other stuff. But the cemetery's still there, right? And you can walk through it, and it's it's an old. Uh, they have some newer graves, clear into the mid two thousands, um, and they have graves that go back to like eighteen fifty five. Yeah, last time I was there was like twenty years ago. They've done some they've done some upkeep to it. Uh, the pathways are definitely maintained a lot better, you know. But they have sections. You've got the military section. You've got the you know because in in the yeah older days, if you will, the olden days, cemeteries were kind of cordoned off. You had, like, the Catholics were buried here, or the military people were buried here. You've got a section for the Freemasons, you know, these guys that were part of the Masons were buried here. They had a section for the the Chinese. Interesting fact, all those, all those graves for Chinese people, that whole section's been uh, excavated, per se, or um, what do they call that? Exhumed. They exhumed all the graves that they could find for this area and actually sent, sent all the bodies home. back to China. Right. Yeah.
0: Because I believe they uh they can't be at rest per their family's wishes unless they're back home.
1: Right. So they they you know so they still have that section there as kind of a memory. There's some graves where there was two young children that had been uh not killed but they had passed away and they have these two kind of wrought iron Cribs that were built and placed over their graves—it's kind of ominous. Um, it's just a different feeling when you walk through there. Mm. They have some graves that are unknown. They know their graves because of the way the the ground is kind of sunk in, right? Because the caskets have failed and the ground is just settled. Yeah, you know. And they get a lot of snow up there and a lot of water runoff, and so they've done a really good job of preserving the cemetery the best they could. And right. it's just. They, they do close it from sun up or sundown to sun up. Yeah, you know, you know I'm sure that's normal Clearly. park regulations per se, but well, that's
0: that's cemeteries in general. Right. Well, cuz I've been caught in cemetery after night.
1: What happened, Randy?
0: Uh it was me and a couple of my friends. We were a bunch of punk rockers. And a buddy of ours worked at a medical warehouse. Uh it was 4th of July.
1: A medical warehouse? Yeah, he was
0: working in a Unita... Medical supply and, anyways, me and the rest of the punk rockers, we went into the cemetery to uh, listen to music while uh, our f- our friend Trash she uh, danced naked, and then these uh, these old men started coming out of the ground. They surrounded her, ate her, and she turned into a zombie. That sounds like a movie called Night of the Living Dead. No, that sounds like Return of the Living uh, Dead.
1: For fuck's sake,
0: come on, bud. You
1: mean the movie lied?
0: Sorry, that's one of my favorite films of all time.
1: Oh, I, I get it. I get it. But let's let's be honest. What uh, what happened when you were caught in the cemetery?
0: Uh, it was me and one of my old filmmaking friends, and we were writing a horror film. We th- and it was around this time of year. It was a little bit cold. It was a little bit cold, and we thought we were going to be cool. And if we're going to write a horror film, let's write it in a cemetery.
1: You were going to write it in a cemetery? Yeah. We Give me just... a little backstory on this, this film you are writing.
0: Uh, it was it was a werewolf flick Uh, it was referred to as oh man I must have had uh, I must have had like three different titles for it I mean we're talking about like one of the titles was the beast Uh, and I think oh hellhounds yeah this was like straight to DVD like sci-fi channel level crap Uh, it was gonna be pretty bad Uh, which I mean I still have the script I had a falling out with that group of that group of guys because it was like we were a bunch of teenagers and doing stupid crap. But the uh, the thing was is we were in the cemetery. It was probably around midnight, and we had uh, my buddy Matt's old uh, what it was like an old Toyota truck, and we just had like a flashlight or something, and we were just riding. I don't even think by moonlight because I think it was pitch black. And then the cops came and escorted us out of the cemetery. So it was
1: pretty anti-climatic.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like super scary or anything. I mean, it was for a second when the cops rolled up, but uh, you know what? But not for a a ghost factor. No. Okay. By the way, I think it's time for another.
1: Oh, nicely done. Thank you. I better just follow it up with... Ooh, that was probably weak. That was weak sauce, bud. Um, Back to Pioneer Simp. Pioneer Cemetery, Mm -hmm. there's a a story that goes with this. Uh, If you pull up to the cemetery, depending on the time of night um, and depending on the angle you pull up, because obviously if you're pulling up dead on, you're probably not going to see anything, right? That's typically how it goes. If you shine a light right at something, you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. So the story goes that there's a, a, a young girl dressed in period clothes that waits at the gate of the cemetery. Nobody really knows who she is, why she's there, or what she wants, according to my wife, my wife's seen her. I'm not gonna discredit her mm-hmm. because i again I don't want to discredit anybody that's had an experience because I think to a point you know people people to a to a point people who have seen things probably have now, whether their mind made it up or they actually saw mm-hmm. something. That's debatable. To be fair. Sean Connery. No. Oh, it was terrible. Letter Kenny. Oh. Um, but I don't want to discredit him, you know.
0: Right. I think that And I don't want them, I don't want them to be either lying or, you know, uh Ooh. deluding themselves. I want it to be real, real. Because I mean, I you know, why not ha- why not have a life in a world that has that much flavor to it where like, hey, you know, dead come back to life. It happens.
1: And and not necessarily come back to life. I know that your biggest excitement would be the zombie apocalypse. Like, I know... Uh, we will do an were... episode on those... No, we're going to do a three-parter
0: on zombies at some uh, point. Oh, boy, Jesus.
1: I'm going to really have to do my research on that. Maybe
0: we'll, maybe we'll invite your brother on for that one. Because he's a certified zombie hunter. Yeah.
1: Um, about that. Zert. Yeah, did he let it go laps? I'm not sure. Zert. Zombie Eradication. Response team. (laughs) Response team. Zert. These guys get together and they train. This is a real thing. These guys get together and they train. They have patches. They have stickers. You know, again, I don't want to discredit somebody because they're doing something that makes them happy. And that's awesome.
0: Right. And I, I I get that they do learn some actual like you some know some gun training and some yeah.
1: some actual combat training. Per I, ca- se. I kinda feel like,
0: you know, me doing like thirty years of watching zombie flicks and then going through the post academy. Yeah, I'm good. Well
1: another place I'd like to talk about while mm-hmm. we're on the topic of ghosts. Right. And again another place I've kinda had one of those like when I was at Alcatraz, nothing. I never, never got really any odd feeling. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it was commercialized. Maybe it's because there was a million people there, right? The Winchester House. A couple of spots. I, I did feel a little, I don't know, just like a, a feeling. Mm. And, and again, I think that's a lot the mind playing tricks on you. You don't really know what you're feeling, right? You're just kind of, I'm in this place. Kind of got a weird feeling. This is what I associate it with. Let me ask you. The Winchester
0: house. Mm-hmm. Now, I never saw anything when I was there. Right. It was definitely spooky when they took us into that seance room, the one that's uncovered. They shut the door, the lights were off, and they just had us like hang out in there for like 45 seconds. Okay. That was like weird. It was spooky, but I wasn't like, I didn't feel anything. But when I was walking through that house, I swear there was a handful of times where I was convinced if I turned around and looked at a certain place I would see someone. Mhm.
1: And I would and I wouldn't see anything. Oh yeah. Um the the one place that got me the most, which I actually those ironically was the favorite part of my house based on what we do for work, was the uh basement. And they take you down in the basement, which is so they have again, commercialized, they have two parts of the tour. So if you want to do like the whole house, you know, you got to pay extra. Mm. You know, There's two tours. And the the second portion of the tour, they take you in the not-for-the-public area. But I'm mm-hmm. like, obviously it is for the public because I paid and you're taking me in there. Right. But they take you down to the basement, and this was an old coal-fired boiler, which mm. to me I saw, and I was like, ooh, that's a boiler. Nice. Well, that's the low-water cutout. Oh, that's the pressure relief. Oh, that's the safety. Okay, right. This is where they put the coal. And that was my. I was like, wow, look at this thing. It's ancient. I can get this running for you in no time. Um, but they had the coal chute, and there was the story of the. There was a guy that was down there, and supposedly he. You could hear him certain times of night still pushing coal, and, you know, the whole story. But that, again, just the. Maybe it's because it's an unfinished portion of the house. I don't know. You just got an eerie feeling. I can't really explain it. It was just a the hairs kind of stood up on my neck feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, I don't want to associate with anything specific because I didn't see anything. It was just an odd feeling. Mm -hmm. The one place that I've gotten the most of that is actually right here in the Treasure Valley. The penitentiary? That is the Idaho Penitentiary. And I will tell you this. I've taken that tour several times. Through with tour guides, self-toured, At night, so you did do the late night. What was the Halloween one? That yeah, and see again to me. That was because it was all lit up. There was tons of people there. I prefer to actually go there when there's very little people. You know, you might be the only person on the cell block. You and your wife, or you and your kid, or Mm -hmm. you know, very little people. Okay, right. That building, and I think part of it is because we can associate so much history to it. You know, Alcatraz, we associate history to it. It was there. But it really doesn't have a meaning to me because it's not where I live. Mm-hmm. This penitentiary was here, where I live, and was in operation till I think, the, the 70s? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it was a normal prison. Yeah. Um, there was a guy on there, or a guy that was in there, Snowden, I think was his name. He was the last guy I wanna say executed in Idaho mm-hmm. at that prison. Uh, had committed some murders at a bar and you know, there's a whole story behind it. So let me ask you this. So this place was in
0: operation until the late seventies?
1: I think so. I think so. I mean I'd have to go and look that fact up and, and uh, you know, we can definitely fact check that. But
0: what 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 span of time was your grandfather in law enforcement?
1: He was in law enforcement like early nineties. Oh okay. Um, I mean, he, he was military. He was in you know he served in Vietnam. I want to silence for him. God rest his soul. Um, God, I say I'm um, a lot.
0: Oh, not as nearly as much as I was. That's I mean, that's why I'm being quiet more because I was saying.
1: Mm. Um. Mm, um. Mm. That boy lives inside his own heart. Mm. I'll get past it someday. Probably not. Anyway, um <laughs> there we go again. It, uh, the other connection I have to it is my wife's mother actually went and visited her brother when he was at that prison. Oh, when he was he was in actually there? yeah, he was actually incarcerated at the old Idaho Penitentiary and had oh. stories of Siberia and We'll just leave it in. I don't even care anymore. Okay, um, but yeah, had stories of of actually being in Siberia, and, and I've talked to this guy, you know, and he's got real life connection to this place. Mm-hmm. It's, and so you go in there, you know, there was the great fire that happened in one of the cell blocks, and and you just, you just get, uh, just a, like a sickened feeling kind of in your stomach and all the way into your chest and mm. you just don't feel right. It's just not a, it's not a, it's not a real positive place.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, they talk about these places have a memory that, and like there's a another show I watch where they kind of talk about this a lot more where uh, that these places have a memory because the, basically like the emotions leave an imprint on a place now you have a place like alcatraz or winchester mystery house right which winchester mystery house was pretty miserable because of the fact that this lady you know she lost her lost her uh child lost her husband and was just kind of unhappy and uh you had Alcatraz, obviously, was you know kind of These a mess. Biz- These beer
1: cans sure make a lot of noise, don't they? Yeah, unless you have a koozie like me. Boo, you know. I had one, but I, I must have lost it. You know what? Uh, I'm thinking we're going to have to get koozies made.
0: Oh, koozies with our time for another? Yeah, I think so. Sounds like money to me. Trademark, don't even try it.
1: I think uh, you guys can find them in our merch store someday. Yeah, someday. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, Alcatraz... I'm glad you bring that back up because, as many bad things that really happened at Alcatraz, it was really in a short run. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't in operation for very long as a prison. And now it's been a tourist attraction. And for it's, the it's past been a tourist attraction. I think it's been a tourist attraction longer now than it ever was a prison. Mm-hmm. Right? Same what deal with
0: I, the Winchester Mystery House.
1: What I really liked was the history of Alcatraz for the war, um, the the military fort stuff. Yeah. To me, that was way more interesting than the prison stuff, mm-hmm. right? And and I'll be honest, I didn't know that the Native Americans had taken it over and claimed it as their own. I mean, the painting and stuff that they put up there are still on the walls, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the most interesting part of that whole tour. Right. Um, the Winchester House, same thing. I mean, it's been a tourist attraction longer than it, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I guess it was a house for a long time. She lived there for however many years, fifty years or whatever. But I still think that that it's been more commercialized than anything. And where we're at with the penitentiary, yes, it's commercialized. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a. I mean, they have a gift shop, but it's more like a a gift booth. Right. You know, they got like a, a glass case with something you can buy a coffee cup or a mm-hmm. a postcard. And everything inside of it is still kind of. I mean, obviously, they're trying to maintain it and keep it up, but you know, you hear the stories about when they did public executions because they were doing hangings. And Mm -hmm. people would go sit on the hill under Table Rock and watch these executions. It was like a, a public affair to do these hangings outside. Yeah. You know, and then they moved them inside and they had the. The execution chamber, and the, you know there was a guy that was executed there. Not in my lifetime, but pretty damn close. Pretty damn close to our lifetime, somebody was executed there, mm-hmm. and and it's just a really negative feeling you get walking through there. I have I have two points. Go ahead.
0: Come questions. Uh, first one. Now I'm I'm usually the guy to ask about this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. I'm the film geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure they had to film some stuff there.
1: But the, ro- the Rock, the movie, The Rock with oh. Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. That's right. That is one fantastic movie. Yeah,
0: God. that's you. You're the Rocket Man. Pew, pew. Also had Ed Harris, great, mm-hmm. great actor. Judy, he, that was
1: one of his best roles, right?
0: That and uh, the Abyss.
1: Oh, great movie, great movie. Right. Uh, Again, along with the the with. Did you ever watch the behind the scenes stuff on The Abyss? Oh, I watched the
0: behind the scenes stuff as far as like the what James Cameron like and all the getting,
1: filming that they had to go through with yeah. I mean they had this huge underwater tank that I mean it was just crazy. Right. crazy what these guys went through to film that movie, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a totally another another subject. Yeah. Not even Ghost related. So, so I yeah, I'm curious if the
0: going through the tour and stuff as they talked about that movie. And Alcatraz? Yeah, if how much of it was actually filmed there. Uh, cuz obviously anything involving destruction of materials and stuff was not filmed there. No. No. Cuz that's And I do yeah.
1: think I do think that there was some stuff filmed there. I I'll be honest, I don't recall cuz it was kind of a self-guided tour. They had some tour guides mm-hmm. that you could ask questions to and and we ended up doing the self-guided tour. I just remember poking in on some of the other guided tour stuff uh in certain areas. Like where the guys broke out of, you know, where – see, that was the thing. Like Al Capone, like they didn't have designated cells for these guys, right? Mm-hmm. They Everybody was a number. And you can't say that Al Capone was in the cell because they moved them all the time. That was one of their tactics to help prevent breakout is because the guys were always in a different cell.
0: Is that something they instituted after the breakout of the big
1: I'm three? I'm not really sure. Have you I'm ever really seen sure. that movie with Clint Eastwood? I have. It's a great movie. Great one. Uh, I've also watched, there was a documentary uh, done by Danny Trejo mm. that was fantastic. And there was some guys that came forward. There was a guy that came forward on his deathbed. I think it's uh, called um, Tales of Alcatraz from the Deathbed or something like that. It's on Netflix. And I, I kind of stumbled across it. Mainly because Danny Trejo is like an awesome actor. I think he's fantastic. He's, I mean, I'm not going to say that Danny Trejo is like the most, I mean, you're not going to see him in some critically acclaimed film, you know?
0: Well, you would, but it would be like a movie like Crash. Right. And they would just have him playing the stereotypical like mm. Gain Boehner because that's kind of what he gets typecast right. into. Right.
1: But he, he, like I said, he does, this was an interesting documentary and this guy was on his deathbed and he told this story to this nurse and she kind of released it after the guy had passed away. And this guy was a cousin or a brother to another guy who knew the guys from Alcatraz and it was this big old... Was it the Frank? It It was, well, you had the... Uh,
0: I don't even know why I'm trying to remember the name yeah, of those three guys. Yeah, I, I could tell
1: you uh, if you give me a minute. But anyway, the three guys that actually escaped, right? Mm-hmm. Act, so if you follow the story on this documentary, you basically find out that these guys did make it.
0: Yeah, they got they got across um, the bed. The
1: Anglins, the Anglin brothers, and the other guy. They they got out. But here, check this out. This is what's crazy. So the Anglin brothers had had. This bank robbery, they had all this money stashed away. This guy had the money and they were going to get these guys out of the bay. And I mean, it's an elaborate story. Um, The guy says how his his cousin, I think it was his cousin, they, you know, they picked them all up on this boat, you know, so they, that's why nobody was ever found because they were picked up on a boat. This boat was taken up into Vancouver or Canada or something like, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch the documentary. It's pretty interesting. But basically they lived, got there, and then the guys that were behind this whole deal on the outside uh, killed him to take the money.
0: Oh, killed all three of the escapees? Yeah. yep, to take
1: the money. Because oh. they basically had to wait until they got him out so they could find out where the money was. And obviously they were going to get their cut, right? So when they all showed up to get the money, these guys turned around and then killed him and took the money. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was it was really interesting to, because you're like, man, there was a lot of connections made in this, and there was guard connections. You know, there was some stories that guards were giving these guys things that they were in on it. They were getting bought out, and it was kind of a big deal. Obviously, nothing's been proven. Yeah, I,
0: I had watched a separate documentary, and it was just about it wasn't about the two brothers. It was about the third man that was just kind of on his own because it was originally I believe
1: four men were trying to escape. Yeah, It was either four or five and the I think it was five originally and the one guy said no I'm not going to do it and then the fourth guy couldn't get out of his cell.
0: Yeah he for some reason he thought he had made his hole big enough but wasn't able to get out or something. Right. Uh, But in the documentary uh, I watched it was a set or it was said that the third guy basically had made a dead Deathbed confession again to his wife uh, years later about his history and about what had actually happened. Frank Morris, yeah, Frank Morris, uh, that he had, uh, that he had been in Alcatraz and all that stuff. I don't remember much about it because it's been a while since I've seen it. But I think, I think when it comes to ghosts and stuff, one the reason that you.
1: This is that that film, uh, okay. the, with Danny Trejo. It's Alcatraz prison escape, uh, deathbed confessions, and it like I said, it was just an interesting deal. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to share that with you. while I had it pulled up. Oh, you're good. I think
0: part of it being that, like you said, that's that hits closer to home because it is a place like next to your hometown. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also it kind of be like devil's advocate for a second. Like I said, these places if they have a memory. Of the horrible stuff that has happened there. One sec. (coughs) Sorry, the beer was building up the mucus in my throat, apparently. Yuck. Yeah, shut it. But I think, (coughs) like, you know, like I said, to be kind of on the the side of the angels or whatever you want to call it, if this stuff is real, and if this kind of energy that is released from this misery and pain leaves an imprint or leaves a part of these people's souls in this place you if you have a place like the winchester mystery house if you have a place like alcatraz where like you're saying yeah for a few years these places were horrible and bad stuff happened there and then you had countless because let's face it we both know that the winchester mystery house and alcatraz have seen several hundred percent more people than oh for sure yeah. for sure
1: tourist wise yeah, yeah
0: so you've had a lot more positive energy coming into these places possibly negating counteracting or offsetting the negative energy there whereas i know penitentiary not as many people coming through and i think it's also it might have been because it's not as high profile as alcatraz and because it was an operation longer and before certain standards for like prison system were right. you probably had a lot more heinous stuff going on. I do think I remember from being a kid and hearing about the penitentiary, the the like the guys at the penitentiary were like nuts to butts for a long time where there was like pretty bad conditions. So I think that might also you know, if that's if this stuff is real, that would explain why you go there, you feel a more ominous feeling, you feel more connected to the bad spirits, let's call it, might be because more of the bad spirits are still around there.
1: And 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 that's definitely a possibility. So I'd, on that topic of, you know, the possibility the ghosts are still there right. or the, the spirits are still there, I think you're right. I mean, the less something is, is commercialized, the less traveled, so to speak. Right. But then again, you look at, like, Gettysburg, right? Mm-hmm. But the amount of just sheer death that happened in that place. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have enough people go through there to ever take that away.
0: Oh no, I think uh in what was it in the 3 days
1: of Gettysburg, I think it was. There was these, a lot. I can I'm not going to even try and guess. I mean, there was
0: more lives lost than all than in all of the wars we've had so far.
1: I don't know about that cuz obviously like we're, Vietnam. I think I think we lost a lot in Vietnam.
0: But, I mean... I just remember there was some kind of wild fact about it that it was it was a really high number. Yeah. Or maybe it was more than we've lost in any single war. Could be. Other than... In one battle. Yeah. Well, no, in, like in it, it one, any single war. Yeah. I mean, it, there was... I think it was a couple hundred thousand guys died over those three days.
1: Yeah. On both sides.
0: Another thing for that might also be the fact that Gettysburg... I don't... I mean, I don't know that there's like a standing fort or anything that was there at the time that it happened... I'm sure something's probably been built on the site now. But I think it might, the Battle of Gettysburg, it might have just been a field at that point and it might have just been an advantageous place for them to meet in battle. Which if that's the case, then there's not a place to basically be the the pinnacle of that energy. Because if it's that many guys over that many days, they might call it the Battle of Gettysburg, but it could have happened over
1: several square miles of land. So they're showing 23,000 Union soldiers were lost. And 28,000 Confederate soldiers. So 53,000 people died in that battle. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot for one area, right? Yeah, so that's definitely
0: not more than we've had in other wars. Uh, But it might be more than we've had in any single war. Although World War II, that's...
1: Well, so here, I mean, just throwing... You bring it up, but World War II was 85 million people. Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah. Not I mean not for us. But again, that was taking place in I mean, all over the world. Yeah. A big one like Pearl Harbor. I mean there was
0: tons. Well, I'd be cu- I'd be curious to know whether or not that's including the uh the deaths at the hand uh of the concentration camps. Oh, I'm sure. And also because there you're talking about I believe it's six million Jews and then ten million, you know, uh Romani ethnicities and gays that the uh the Nazis killed. Right, right. That's that's just a fact I pulled out from uh English class in high school when I did a book report. I think I did a book report, but I chose to do it as
1: a report on the movie Schindler's List. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting fact. Like I said, you 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 know, and I think another thing is I don't know much about uh the East Coast, you know, or the or Midwest. Or yeah, I know a lot more about things that happened northwest west coast right because obviously steep. it's closer to home and and you know the battle of the alamo a lot of a lot of lives lost there too i'm sure oh, it's yeah. kind of an ominous feeling there
0: we we will find out how ominous it is someday
1: might do a live podcast could happen don't play with my emotions but i mean ghosts is an interesting topic and, and we mm-hmm. will bring this back up again I, I know we will yes quick segue here go ahead
0: so you just made it so awkward. <laughs> if, uh, just just for, so you
1: guys know, I touched his hand, but
0: didn't. no, you, you you didn't touch my hand. But just just so you really know, what happened is I kind of reached my hand out and kind of like a kind of like a put some importance on the words I was about to say. You were going to tell a story. Well, I was no, I was with gonna, some impotence. I wasn't going to tell a story so much as I was. I don't even know if that's the right. Word is that fact. the right word?
1: Impotence. Uh, it, uh, were you going to tell the story? Impetus. Impetus. Yeah, I but, like impetus better or impotence. <laughs> I'm sure your wife doesn't. No, no, she doesn't. Thanks, man. See Alice, not a sponsor.
0: No, so I mean, obviously, we're we're we. You know, we joke about stuff we talk about, right? Right. But, and this is this is serious serious questions, Zach. Okay. If you were to be haunted. By the ghost of every kid that you had sacrificed, uh uh-huh. you know what you know what I mean by sacrifice, right?
1: uh-huh, go ahead.
0: How bad of a haunting would it be? <laughs> are we talking Poltergeist? Are we talking the exorcism of Emily Rose? What are we looking at here?
1: <laughs> Dude, you're literally naming off some of the worst movies. I'm sorry, not Poltergeist. Poltergeist was a great movie.
0: Poltergeist is the shit. Um, Exorcism of Emily Rose wasn't bad. You know who was was in it? You know who was in it? Mm -hmm. Jennifer Carpenter.
1: You know, how about The Haunting? (laughs) Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The remake. Yeah. House on Haunted Hill, the remake. So no, good. Fuck the remake. So good. Dude, 13 Ghosts, also. Okay, yes.
0: 13 Ghosts is good, but 13 Ghosts. Totally ghost, fictitious. But. 13 Ghosts has a caveat. You know what a caveat is? A sidebar. It, caveat basically means yeah, a segue. but. <laughs> it, it basically means yeah, but. Go ahead. What's your caveat? So you said 13 Ghosts is good, right? Yeah. Yeah, but. It's also really fucking bad.
1: <laughs> it, it's it is. It's so bad. It's good. Yeah, so bad. Is, it's
0: good. It is definitely one of those movies where, and I know other horror fans that would say it's not so bad. It's good, but
1: I say that they're wrong. I it, I would rewatch it several times, and it, I have. It's yeah. just it to me. It's got a lot of jump factor to it, mm-hmm. and I just think it's a pretty good story. Right. And the thing is, is like I
0: watch that movie and I see that movie like that same script. You could have done that same script with some minor changes because some of the gore and stuff might not have flown at a like earlier time, but I could see that same movie someone coming up with that back in the 40s. Oh yeah, for sure. I could see someone making that movie in the 70s. The 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 thing about that movie is it was made at a time in the 2000s where all of the horror movies were being made to be super gory and well, and not just super gory but like super cheesy. Mm-hmm. and they were just had that flavor that the early 2000s had. Yeah, it
1: was definitely a
0: flavor. Where it was like everything was like MTV.
1: Yeah. Scream. Right. It was, um, it was just everything. I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Same same kind of theory but with ghosts. Whether they're real or not. Right. I'm going to throw that caveat in there.
0: I'm so glad you finally used one of my fucking dictionary words I taught and you. And I used it right. Yeah.
1: With a caveat of whether they're real or not, I will never discredit somebody. Obviously, there are people out there that are going to say things happened mm-hmm. to try and get their 15 minutes of fame. Right? They're going to try and get in the limelight. People I'm, have claimed to have sex with ghosts. Yeah, I think there's a whole website probably... Fucking oh i i I bet if you looked right now on Google, you could probably get, go for it. You could probably Thanks, find folks. Ghost Thank you for porn. coming
0: in and visiting us. I'm gonna be
1: he'll, jumping he'll be uh no, hitting the jurgens. Not a sponsor. <laughs> but whether they're real or not, mm-hmm. okay, there is the fact and, and like I said, I've never seen, I've never had that experience of I've never seen something move. I can tell you that I've gone out in my kitchen and I, I'm an advocate of making sure my cupboards are closed. It drives me up the wall when people leave cupboards open. I don't know why. It just does. It's like an OCD thing, right? It's like someone touching your thermostat. Uh, yeah. To all the dads out there, protect your thermostat. Get one that locks. But I've come out in the morning and I don't know if it's my wife fucking with me. I don't know if it's my kids fucking with me. But I've come out in the morning and I get up before everybody to go to work, right? Mm-hmm. And all the goddamn cabinets are open. It's, it's the little boy Zach. He's yeah, hungry. Well, and my wife said this has happened for years, he's from when she was a kid. And, but he's not mean. He's feed, not mean.
0: Feed me, Uncle Zach. I'm hungry. Yeah,
1: right. I, again, I've just kind of you know I was goddamn kids and I shut the cupboards and I go about my day. But mm-hmm. you can't deny. That there's that feeling you get in certain places, whether it's negativity, mm-hmm. just mentally brought on by yourself, or if it's just a bad aura of that place. You know, you walk in and you instantly feel that difference. That is real. 100% real. Nobody can discredit that. Right. But again, it's a feeling. Whether it's your feeling, everyone's feeling, or not, that feeling exists. Yeah. Whether somebody is moving all these chairs and stacking them like they did in Poltergeist or throwing a can across the room like we do in Phasmophobia. Oh, great game. It's even better in VR. Yeah. It's... But like I said, its I don't want to discredit it. Ghost could be real. Ghost could be fake. I definitely think there's something to it, though.
0: Well, and it could also be to kind of tie it up it might be another thing where they talk about people have different auras, people have different sensory the perception. The chakra. Yeah, or, you know, chi or any of that type of stuff where, right. you know, it could be like, oh, what is that movie? The one where the guy, he can't see stuff and then he can or the girl can't and then she can. I can't remember it, but there's one where like the girl, oh, oh, in Constantine. Okay. Uh, Rachel Weisz's character used to be uh, a medium or like a, a, she was sensitive a psychic yeah spirit teller whatever and, they and call she them. basically shut it off and didn't use it and it kind of atrophied <laughs> over time where this stuff could be all around us and there's certain people who can tie into it just a little bit not as much as maybe people try and pretend because a lot of those types of people have been debunked from what i've seen
1: well you asked my wife uh one of the one of the most famous psychics out there the late great sylvia brown uh, um um one of my wife's favorite people. She read her books, listened to her, watched her on whatever show she was on. Uh, my wife went and saw her... No, I'm sorry. Well, she loves Sylvia Brown, but she didn't get to see her before she passed away. Uh, the Long Island Medium, mm. which was on TLC. and I'll be honest, I couldn't stand, and I don't know why. I just It was one of those shows I felt like it was super commercialized and super just whatever. Right. But my wife went and saw her here when she was here in Boise, and she said that... I mean, she was calling stuff out and she, she like got drawn to, she was there with her friend and she got kind of drawn to her friend. But the question she was asking, you know, she was talking about somebody had passed away with pills, somebody that was riding a motorcycle, and she was kind of laying this out. She's talking to my wife's friend, and my wife is like, I don't know. I mean, it kind of sounds like Zach's grandpa, you know, and my grandpa had passed away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I want to believe it, but I—it's for me. I wasn't there, so I don't know. It's just kind of a deal.
0: Yeah, and see, I've also heard like you know people do the stuff like behind the scenes stuff where there people say like, "Hey, these people are like, are selling you snake oil, and here's how they do it." Right. Where they'll they'll f- they'll start you off and they'll throw out like a letter, and they'll s- they'll give you know they'll basically throw out some bait and say that they sense like one of like. They'll, and they'll pick one of like five letters. They make it really like generic. A E R S or M. Yeah. Because there's a lot of names that start with A E R S and M. Mm, Randy, S-n-m-m. Sandy, Mike, Eric, Adam. You know, there's so many. So if you throw out one of those Shout funds, out
1: to my boy Eric.
0: <laughs> you have a very good chance of finding at least one family member. I guess we got to give it
1: Sorry, I got to I got to stop because I'm going to shout out the guys I work with. Since I've been shouting out Eric this whole time, I got to shout out uh, my boy Randy, not uh, not you, Rand, but I got another one, mm-hmm. and uh, my boy Dan, and my boy Titus. We'll call them all out. That way it's fair. Nobody nobody feels like I'm picking one out over the other.
0: Are they listening to these? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. What have they told you?
1: Nothing yet. It's kind of concerning, <laughs> but you know. If if the we really like that Rand guy, but you fucking suck. If, if the numbers show up for uh, listens, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna take it as it is. Right. But let's we'll tie this one off. We'll we'll come back to this episode uh, someday. I do like the fact that we kind of split it up and do something different every week. Um, but but, ghosts could be real ghost might not be real and you know if somebody wants to if somebody wants to come in and and talk to us and maybe give us their story I'd be more than happy to have them on
0: yeah you can find our uh, contact information on uh, any of these streaming platforms I believe
1: or you can email us at time for another at gmail.com
0: that's right just let us know and maybe we'll uh, find a way to tie you into the podcast you can come on the air
1: all right, buddy. well uh, it's been a good chat Mm -hmm. and
0: I look forward to next week Okay, I'm gonna go create a few more uh, ghost kids. Ghost
1: kids. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> so inappropriate. Have a good night, guys. Bye.